Welcome, everybody, to episode 204 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends each bring three topics that we'll bat around for some length of time. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at hello, hello. at Two on Three Pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and you can find me deep in the clutches of Major Golf Championship at CDVille Senior on Twitter. And with me is Ty, who is likely also. <laughs> In the sort of, I tried. The live PGA wouldn't work, so I had to work. Like, I had to pay attention <laughs> to my job. That's some bullshit. <laughs> Especially on a day. My day, my work day was hilarious because uh, I was running the, the PGA coverage, and then noon came, and so I had to watch the Aston Villa game. <laughs> and then uh, after that was over, I had to turn the golf back on while I worked. While, while I worked. <laughs> uh, you can you can find me um, on Twitter. I might have to change my handle to uh, Sophia the First, but I'm at SCATJK. <laughs> so, Do you so want to know why I said that? Yes, please. So last night I put my daughter to bed, and as you know, I have two years of hair on my head now mm. with minor trims in between. And uh, I took I had taken my ponytail, my, my, my well, it's more of a bun. Like a low bun. Mm. <laughs> That's my standard look these days. I had just taken it out. And when I do this, it makes all the hair around the top of the head until it gets to the ponytail holder look straight, right? But my hair mm-hmm. is curly. So then the bottom goes, foomp, like out to the sides. <laughs> and I go in to say goodnight to her. And she goes, oh, my God, your hair. You look like a lion. <laughs> and then she goes, and then as I was like really getting close to give her a hug, she goes, you're a pretty, pretty princess. <laughs> and then she told me I look Sophia, like Sophia the First. <laughs> and I don't think she's seen this cartoon in like three years. So this eight-year-old is roasting me from like like connecting memories in real time. I, I really actually appreciated it. I was like, "This is a good bit." You're so dad. You look like Sophia the First. You're a pre- you are a pretty pretty princess, and you've been that way for a much much longer time than you since you've grown this hair. <laughs> I did the hand wave, folks, too, just to go along with that noise. <laughs> the uh, we've got a we've got a banger show coming up for you tonight, but. Uh, in the meantime, Ty, Ty is currently rubbing his eyes because the pollen is so deeply impacted into his cornea oh that he just God. he can't deal. I'm making diamonds overnight. Like I'm, I go to sleep and then I wake up and I cry diamonds out of my eyes. My left, look at look at how let red. It is. It's just, a nightmare. There's it's just nightmare. grit. There's just deep grit in there. I and was. The worst uh, is how it kind of feels good. Uh, You're rubbing it in there. It's like I want this to come out uh, so badly. No, I was I was I was walking um, some golf with my daughter a couple weeks back, and every time the wind blew at like hard at this at this golf course, you could just see the trees just cut it loose. Oh yeah, and That's... and by the end of it, again sandpaper. Every time I blink my eyes, it just you could literally hear it. <laughs> this is why I would never make it on the tour on the PGA tour. Uh, this is an underrated thing. Like the media is out there right now, tweeting about how bad the pollen is at the the Southern Hills in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma, I didn't, I wouldn't think the pollen, right? Where where the wind comes whipping down the place. Sure, but I don't even. Are, are there trees? I just assumed it's you know like <laughs> uninhabitable rocks and <laughs> desert <laughs> scrub brush. There are trees everywhere. Die. Yeah. Well, anyway, the, the journalists are complaining, and this is what I'm. So what do the what do the pros do? I've been fighting allergies quite literally as long as i can remember and i've never really had a, a resolution to the situation um in fact i played golf like a, a month ago to back-to-back days i was a, went away for a buddy's birthday and we played golf on consecutive days and my face was just leaking the entire back nine on the second day i'm I, meanwhile i'm like making like back-to-back birdies and but i'm like blowing my nose every 20 seconds between shots <laughs> blowing your nose it looks like saffron coming out of your face i stole the towel from the <laughs> golf club because i didn't want to use my own golf towel so i like they had one in the car and I was like this is mine i'm just this gonna is my snot s- rag i'm sorry i'm not giving it back to I think I think they probably would have thanked me for keeping it. You should go by. I should go by the uh, my old uh, chemistry uh, high school chemistry uh, classroom and get the eye wash thing. Remember the eye? Remember the I emergency eye wash I have, thing? I would use eye wash. You stick that thing on your eyeball and you squeeze it. Oh, we had the uh, we had the the water fountain ones. The which one? Like it was a water fountain with two spouts, and you pushed a pedal. You stuck your face down in it. <laughs> And you push the pedal, and it shot you in the eyes in both directions. Oh no! The one we had was the dispo- the the 
God forbid the second person had had a, had chemicals in their eye because I would <laughs> the first person would have used that entire thing up, the eye wash up. Like you just completely. had a bottle of saline solution. That's what you said. But it had like a little fitting on it that fit around your eye, and you're supposed right. to, like, you could keep your eye open with nitric acid in your eye. <laughs> just squeezing that thing like a crazy person. Anyway, you need, you need help like Clockwork Orange. For serious, serious business. All right. We do have a banger show tonight. So I brought my topics. Uh, we're going to deal with, we're going to help you deal better with your Gen X, the Gen X people in your life. Do you consider yourself Gen X? For sure. I'll, we'll I'll, I'll, I, and I will explain. We're going to talk about expensive fish. And as a Taylor Stan, I will be breaking down her NYU commencement speech in, in, into, into its salient parts. Okay. Ty, you're bringing to us some youth coaching experience. Dude, so my first. <laughs> my very first. Oh, I, will, I, will enjoy, I will enjoy hearing tales of your pain. Um. Hey, neighborhood kid. Are you reading this for the first time? (laughs) No, just so here's the thing. I'm going to explain now. I'll just jump in. I'm trying to push the uh, verbal crutches out of my, out of my language. I've noticed that because we've been out of practice Mm -hmm. and listening back to not only this, but my other role as a public figure Mm. and speaking in public, I noticed that there are a lot of verbal ticks that have leaked back into my life just because of laziness, not because of laziness, but I just haven't had to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm disciplining myself, it's going to feel like a stutter for, <laughs> for a while, Okay, but I'm really squeezing. I'm squeezing hard to try to make sure that the ums and the likes and the, you knows are out of, out of my life. It's also because I'm not editing the show anymore, right? You used right. to clean both of us up a little bit. <laughs> Yes. And now we're just recording it and firing it out into the world. So uh, the other one, last week, whenever you said, again, to start your point, that was my yeah. favorite. <laughs> like and, again, and again, <laughs> Not again we haven't even talked about it <laughs> since. So this is this is my effort to do that. So in reading, it feels like I'm, I haven't read it before, but I have read it, obviously. But I'm skipping over the, hey, you know, what we're going <laughs> to... That's well. That's maybe the, maybe what needs to happen is there's when some we're internal doing this, editing. There's a little internal editing going on. I hear you. And maybe what happens is the way the the way the rundown is now. Maybe we should just throw it back and forth to each other to introduce our own topics, and that way you don't have to try to come up with a headline. Because a lot of times I'm writing a summary, mm. and that's not a headline for you. Right? This, that, this next one you can't read this unless you wrote it, unless you read it and rewrote <laughs> it. And what it really means is it's actually about uh, like what what your social responsibility is as a public figure. So we'll All get right. to that. That'll so be the last rewind. topic. Let's yeah. rewind a little bit in, okay. in the in the uh, in the um, the real Robin time Williams, no in the re- in the real in the Robin Williams kind of way. Wait, 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 wait! I have a thing for that. Where is it? <laughs> you do. <laughs> Ty, why don't you tell us about what you've brought to the show tonight? So I'm going to start with my first youth coaching experience as a father ever. Amazing. That and I you. Can't wait to- <laughs> I've already wait a minute. I've already said mine. I've no, already brought. I thought, I thought we were going to go back because the whole thing is we go back and forth. No, let's just read your just just read okay. just bring your topics. All right, and then secondly, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I want to get your opinion on what to do about the neighbors again, <laughs> but this time it's about children. And then oh, finally, yeah. it'll be about uh, about your relationship responsibilities as a public figure. I'm here to adjudicate social norms tonight. <laughs> I like it. Let's uh let's just jump right into this thing then. Let's do it. So first thing we're going to talk about is Gen X. Now, Gen X um are born CC. Um essentially 1964 to 1980. 1965 mm-hmm. to 1980. That's that's Gen X. All right. So there are uh you know the millennials are 81 to 96. Mhm. Boomers, 46 to 64. I would argue that people born in 1981 have very little in common with people born in 1995. That's probably true. And who, you know, I'm not here to judge people (laughs) or to, you know, argue the timelines, but millennials get painted. And if you're born in like 1981, perhaps you are. You're 41. What are we talking about? (laughs) Millennials. Okay. Millennials. It's no longer a thing. It's just the it's the largest yeah. population group in the world now. Yeah. So this dude, 
wrote a list about interacting with your Gen X cohorts. Okay. And if uh, if you uh, if you if you think about it, um, there are a lot of us, and we're all into like the upper management thing now. <laughs> we're the we're the experienced people. Right. I might be retired. I might be retired in the next decade or so, which is pretty amazing. The Zoomers and are calling us Zoom Boomers. <laughs> Zoom Boomers. Zoom Boomers. Yeah. Mm. All right. Because we have like houses, and they can never. <laughs> It, society will collapse. They'll get their house. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a shanty. It'll it'll be haunted what, hey, by I, radiation I, I ghosts. You, I guarantee you, if you're a Zoomer <laughs> and you don't think you could ever afford a home, trust us. Soon, none of us will be able to. Live at home. <laughs> don't worry. Exactly. It'll work itself out. Exactly. So, here are some steps that this person is outlining to help you have a better relationship with your Gen X people. Okay. Okay, number one, he says, motivate Gen X with two phrases. Do it your way and don't sweat the rules. He says, many Gen X people grew up in divorced single-parent homes, so they were forced to Check. be self-reliant and unsupervised early on. They want independence to get it done their way. Seems pretty accurate. Yeah. I like to, actually, I specifically like to make the rules. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. And then enforce them unequally wherever I want to. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do. But yes, I... I grew up with creeping fascism in America, Chris. <laughs> Jesus. I, I, I grew up with both parents, but I was the third of three kids. So they didn't give a shit what I was doing. So I obviously like to be left alone to just do it. You can ask me to do it, but don't tell me how to do it. Yeah. In fact, I ask my own children sometimes. I'm like, don't you want to go like hang out in your room? <laughs> Jedi mind. Don't you want it to be by yourself? Uh, you know, I put a, there's a, you got a stereo in here. <laughs> exactly. Lighting. Turn on some music. Turn on some music. All right. Number two, he says, send your Gen X colleagues well-written emails. Gen X grew up with emails, but before SMS or apps, their teachers stress correct writing to poor grammar drives Gen X people nuts. Bing, 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 bing. Now, I don't want a well-written email. I want a short email. Yes. And I want bullets. Yes. And I want and I want you to write it. I want a business document only. Right. What's you the want most it to be grammatical. Thing? But you want, to be, you want it to be grammatical. Uh, your credibility suffers otherwise. <laughs> See, this guy had that one right. All right. Acknowledge Gen X emails quickly. They will love you. Gen X wants to know who's responsible at all times. They grew up when institutions weren't to be trusted. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't want you to respond quickly. I want you to respond completely. Mm. The thing that drives me the craziest is when I ask three questions and you answer one. And just don't like the other ones didn't even happen. Like that's I, I'll lose my fucking mind. <laughs> But quickly is is also important. No, I, I don't do, care. Like, it's email. It's asynchronous. I'm over it. I used to care. You know, I don't care anymore. Right. I actually care more about like personal stuff. Email like quickly, because mm -hmm. that's like I am taking time out of my day to deal with this. I need an immediate response from you because I'm clearly trying to coordinate something. Mm -hmm. And Lord knows I don't want to be doing that. <laughs> I don't spend the next day and a half doing 15 minutes of actual. Right. Please respond to this so I can stop thinking about it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. He says, focus with Gen X on mission and results, not seniority, effort, or hours work. You'll often hear Gen X say, if someone gets the job done in half the time, that is fine. That's just, that's not, but that's not generational. It's just fucking correct. No, I think, I think the generation ahead of us wanted to see people sitting in their butts in seats until 630, 7 o'clock at night doing whatever they were doing, even if, if it was work. There was there was a lot of that. Now, obviously, it is over the last two years they've we've thrown that thing completely out the window. No one cares anymore. Just get the shit done. I don't care what else you're doing. That's absolutely that, not correct though, because people absolutely care. It's why you can't get anything done in the country. Like the, the whole thing's a trolley problem. Well, I suffered, so you must suffer also. No, but that's that's going away in the workplace very quickly, and that's that's true. That's my personal experience because no one's going to the office anymore. So what do you care about? Okay, I'm working on this project. Is your More stuff done? That's all I care about. Yes, exactly. I don't care. It took you two hours. It took you an hour. No one cares. Yeah. As long as you got it done and it's back in my hands and I can go on doing what I'm supposed to do, we're good. Yeah. That's the best part about remote work. It's the most interesting thing about work in general for the next, I think, few years will be how people deal with that general uncertainty where you don't can't see people working. It's... It's hard. And I, and I think if I was new at a job, if I was starting my career right now, not having a supervisor who I could 
or a mentor who I could work with very closely, yeah. shoulder to shoulder, I think would be very difficult. I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see the the effects of that down the road a little bit, where people are going to say, "Hey, we need new management, or we need new leaders," and people who've been working in corporate America right out of college for the last few years aren't going to be ready to manage people because they don't have to deal with people in a in the same way we did working in an office environment. I think you just, as a leader, have to make more of an effort to make a point of doing that. Like, And it may seem even heavy-handed at times, like almost like micromanagement because of the style, because I, I this is probably sharing too much, but I have an employee who is not inexperienced, but hasn't doesn't have a ton of experience in our direct field. And coaching him is a challenge because he's not bad at the job. He just doesn't quite have the nuances down. And so he doesn't, he does, he's not able to like, grow the reputation he needs among his peers in order sure. to be respected. But he's mm-hmm. very capable. And in fact, when certain things come up, he's extremely effective at getting it done in a way that other people who might not quite be. But yet he can't get over this barrier. And I, normally what would happen is I would use the follow me method, right? Which is, yeah. like, let me let me sit with you. Right. Let's do this together. Right. And I'm going to basically ask you, in the same way as I teach my kids math, I ask them questions about what's happening so they can solve the problem in real time. Yeah. And then we reinforce it later on. But in an office and, environment, you could see who the real performers were, and you could right. just, you could literally watch them do their work, and you could correct, yes. and you could see the people who are crashing and burning, yeah. and you could literally watch them crash and burn. And I think there's a ton of learning that happens in that in that interaction, and they're not getting that now. So uh, it, it should be really interesting in the next. Yeah, it's all in like a funnel years. for feedback that maybe isn't even grounded in reality, which is really hard. <laughs> like people come to me and they're like, "Yeah, this, this, and this," and I'm like, "Yeah, I don't think that's accurate." <laughs> I understand why you're saying it because I kind of experience it too, but what you're saying is not necessarily correct. And now yeah. I have to like sort of, I deliver feedback in a way where it's like, so I'm telling you this because it was told to me. I want you to understand. I don't believe it. Like that's kind of how I have to say, <laughs> but I need you to know that there are people that do believe it and yes. you should probably adjust your behavior accordingly. Here's the perception. Yep. The perception should reflect the reality. I don't feel it does right now. All right. Correct. Uh, here we go. Next point was allow Gen X a balanced life. Gen X grew up with workaholic boomer parents. Um, seeing that, Gen X thinks that work is a part of life, but not why they live. Um, again, I think we touched on this earlier. Yeah. Life's changing. The world's changing. I think uh, I don't, no one wants to workaholic anymore. It, it used to be kind of cool. Like People used to celebrate workaholism, but now people who work too much... I think you side eye those people, don't you? It's like, why are you working so hard? I just, I, I appreciate, actually, I, I really respect a hardcore work ethic because I have to force myself to get stuff done. I, 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 I've said it before on this podcast. If you, if you were to employ me, you would get high quality work at all times. Just understand it's a mental lift for me to get going. <laughs> <laughs> but when it's going, it's, it's I'm going to blow it out. Yeah, it's, it's, amazing. it's incredible. There is... There's the work for work's sake, and I think that's the part that's going away. Yeah. I think yeah. that doing time is 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 going away, and I think Gen X probably has a big part, uh, big uh, role in making that happen. All right. Bond with Gen X as individuals, not as part of a tribe or an institution. Institutions from government to marriage showed they could not be trusted during Gen X's youth, and this is maybe what he was talking about earlier about institutions like marriage and we don't like to be lumped gen x people unless we want to say we're gen x <laughs> apparently that's the only group we want to be part so of. long as you don't call me a millennial because <laughs> i'm right on the cusp right you're uh yeah you're borderline you're a border mm-hmm. you're a bubble you're on the bubble that's okay anyway bond with them as individuals all right be direct with gen x give them data gen x says tell me how it is and cut out the fluff for generations like millennials this is hard millennials want the shit sandwich for feedback i think we invented the shit sandwich, you know, the garbage yeah. sandwich, you know, this is bad. This is great. This, you need to work on this. <laughs> no, it's the other way around. It was given to me. It's two oh. good things and one bad thing. <laughs> Not the way I do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, first of all, you're fucking this whole thing up. I really like you. I really like the way you pay attention to detail. You need to get your shit together. You are out of here, pal. That's how I, well, that's it's better thing. than the boomer method of like just flipping out. <laughs> Which has been my experience with some senior leaders. It's like, are you yelling at me? Why? We're at work. What are you doing? 
You, I, you, so you're upset. Okay. Would you like to talk about why you're upset? Because this yelling is only making me dislike you personally. <laughs> and these pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> All right. Uh, just, acknowledge Gen, just acknowledge Gen X exists. Gen X feels forgotten. Only 20% of the population. I don't think we feel forgotten. No, I, I don't this, care about this at all. I think this, that's, that's, this that's is bad. overblown. Mm-hmm. We like it, in fact. All right. Gen X, uh, expect Gen X to be pessimistic. Not, not you. About this. Not me. I'm a glass half full person. Gen X is the first generation to not do as well financially as their parents or did. I don't know if that's true either. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing all right. I was the. I was. I mean, I. I, I, th- I was I think, the first person to finish college. Yeah, I think life. you can expect Gen X to be sarcastic. <laughs> I don't know about pessimistic. All right, and uh, this last one: expect Gen X to want work-life separation. Yeah, expect them to be friendly, but not friends at work. I don't know about this is true either. I think uh, I think I've I have I have a lot of good friends at work. I think that uh, I did when I was young. I don't know. Well, I mean, but they're your friends now. Nah, <laughs> we're friends. That's we different. Together, we're not work friends. We were work friends. Right. That's what I'm saying. That, and like, now we're I friends. I forged friends. friendships when I was younger. Yes. But I don't have any work friends now. <laughs> this is this is probably a whole different conversation about forging friendships and then <laughs> and then later on, like as people move on and whatnot. And you don't have any new friends. It's it's weird. There's a whole there's a whole making new friends thing that is uh, that uh, well that maybe we'll discuss. I'll bring it up some other. I time. think. Well, I mean, the long the short. I want to go back to the the better than your your parents thing because mm. I look at it as and this is probably very egotistical. I look at it as that I primarily just made better choices. Different choices. Yeah. Well, yeah, I watched I, think- I watched how not to do it. <laughs> I have uh yeah, I have a I had a you know, a very successful immigrant father. Right. And so, you know, I I'm, I'm not going to do as well as he did. I, he was a doctor and I'm not a doctor. So, he was a doctor when that really meant something. Right. When yeah, when <laughs> when before there were 1 billion doctors, where they were actually going to foreign countries and and asking doctors to come to America because they needed more doctors. And so so he did real well and um and while maybe I didn't do as well financially, but the world's completely different now. So it's uh This is the Michael Jordan versus Shaquille O'Neal conversation. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like Mike worked himself to the bone because he wanted to be the best of all time. That was your dad. Yeah. You're Shaq. You're just gifted. You're like, <laughs> eh, you know what? I'm going to work as hard as I'm required to, and that seems like enough. Right. I was I was I was uh, blessed with opportunity and enough talent to to keep that ball rolling. There you go. And, and good sense. Still a Hall of Fame career, though, right? <laughs> Still a Hall of Fame career, no doubt about it. So um, thank you for, to Michael Girdley for bringing up this, uh, this, this, uh, this list for us to get us to know Gen X a little bit better. At some point, we're just going to check the fuck out and to be like, done with it. You That's, people, I'm just, just hoping deal. we can. I don't think we're going to be able to. Have you heard <laughs> about the monkey pox? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's a nice dovetail into uh, what I experienced just a couple of weeks ago, which was the chaos of youth sports at the rec level. So one of my daughters plays rec soccer. Well, they both play soccer. One of them still, she likes the rec league. She's like super into it. She's like, I want to keep playing this, this indoor rec league. Um, I didn't volunteer to coach because truthfully, I don't feel like I have the temper for it, temperament for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not like an angry person. I don't, I don't like, you know, well, I don't know. I, I, people think I'm angry. I don't ever stay angry. I just react intensely and then move on. Yeah. But nobody, other people are like, oh my God, I never get that mad. And I'm like, well, get it. I don't know. That's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> you shut up. What do you know about anything anyway? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we show up and um, the reg, the regular volunteer parent coach is unavailable. Uh, he's not there. So the, the backup guy is there. And the backup guy does not have a handle on it. And I can tell immediately, right, right when we get there. And he, he when he turns and looks at me, he's like, "Do they, uh, do they, do they bring a ball for us?" And I'm like, "Oh shit, <laughs> oh, damn it!" And then he's like, "What about uh, keeper gloves?" And I'm like, "All right." So anyway, I just I go over the thing. I get some keeper gloves. Uh, I I set them. You know, I, I get us going. Like he 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 picks it up. He gets it together. Mm. But I have to kind of push him in the right direction. Anyway, I stay on the bench with him that day. And you know, because I um, was 
back there i'm like you know, i had to force my daughter to play keeper for a while because that's how that goes mm-hmm. it's like all right i know you don't want to do this but uh i need to. you to for a thankfully bit. we had one girl who um tried it out was naturally good at it like and this is like the kind of rec league thing where there's no practice i don't know these kids i've never seen them play before mm-hmm. right so we we're trying to figure it out on the fly and you got everything but from from i can take the ball from three quarters down the field carry it alone all the way and score to I run next to the ball and never actually try to kick it. <laughs> right? Or sort of like, like, lun- they, like they like lunge at no, it a little bit. I'm no. talking about. Like they I, sort of gallop alongside it. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. I don't know. We're not, we're not marking anyone. We're not getting open. We're, we're not kicking the ball when it comes near us. We're sort of just going to run around and be in the, on the field. Okay. Having a, having a sports experience of some kind. <laughs> some kind. But this very first game that we have played, we're against this team that, one, does not belong in this division. And Super good? They're super good? They are well organized, uh-huh. and they um, are very physical. You're going to find they're, you're going to find this to be true in that whole arena sports rec soccer. What are you doing in this division? There are, because I've sent my kids to house teams mm-hmm. yeah, to be in doing. the rec league, mm-hmm. only to find uniformed and yes. backpacked and warm up matching warm up teams show up to play us. This is like a third. What, what, how big is the field? 50% of a regular pitch. Maybe, Maybe 30%. 30%. Don't they, yeah. They divvy it up into thirds and you've got like, and you're playing seven on seven and you've got like 15 girls on this team. Where are you people from? <laughs> Go outside. Right. You don't belong here. This right. is for people who just came and they want to kick the ball around and play on a team. This is one step above pickup basketball at the 24-hour fitness. Yes. And you're out here with jerseys with numbers on them, with your names. <laughs> right. And you're, and, you're, and you're putting elbows into people. And like, anyway, I got upset quick because I was like, this isn't, this is not what we're here for. No. Like, I, and I'm mad at the coach, right? He's not, he's down, he's just down here on the side, right? So yeah. I'm fine. I'm like, all right, it's going to be physical. There's not a lot I can do about it. The girls are, and this is also clearly like the, the league is like you um, under 11. Mm. And then this is like a U12 team. <laughs> and I'm like, what? So it's fine. It's, there's a little bit of Jersey pulling like right off the bat. Like our first breakaway, like the girl just grabs the girl's back of the Jersey. No whistle. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And the, then I got to be honest, the ref is just some high school kid. No, an extremely old out of shape woman. I she must love soccer. I'm glad she's uh-huh. out there volunteering for the kids, but like anyone else would be better. <laughs> she couldn't she was not keeping up with the game. She she can't keep up with the rec game. This uh-huh. was not a rec game. This was intense. <laughs> <laughs> and uh then there's this girl who's just hyper aggressive. My daughter actually she's a quite a talented defender and stones everyone. It's they get mad. Like she'll just, she steps up. She has good timing. Mm. She absolutely shuts down anyone who's trying to do any dribble bullshit around them. Um, and she makes up ground really fast. So if you beat her, she's not done. And she stones this girl like three times in the corner and then, you know, kicks the ball, clears the ball. And finally, this girl, after she gets turned over for the third time, just loads up and puts her shoulder right into the center of my daughter's back. <laughs> like just and, and right by the glass. And so she goes down in a heap and I'm on the bench and like reflexively, I'm like, I get the dad voice. I'm hey! <laughs> like, <laughs> very angry. And I'm just, uh, you know, because, I again, contact is one thing. Aggressive play is another thing. Deciding after you've been beaten to take a cheap shot, this is where I cannot, I cannot abide. Yeah. Are you over, the, at this point, are you over the boards at this point and like in somebody's grill? Not yet. But I, I go over to, there's no whistle. Right. No whistle. And I'm like, okay, hey, you have to call that. She went through her back and I'm agitated, right? Because I'm like, mm-hmm. and, and she immediately threatens to throw me out. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to explain. I'm like, I don't, it's your, she's like, I'm trying to call the game. And if you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be whatever she said, you can go watch over there, threaten to throw me out. And I'm trying to explain like my point, which I did not get to make till halftime. I finally went back to her. I was like, look, I'm not trying to re- restart that. Like, I'm going to let you do, you're going to call the game. But my problem here is that this team is being extremely physical. They were physical from the get go. You didn't call an early Jersey pull. You didn't call elbows up. And then you, and then we watched a girl throw her body into someone else's back. And if you don't whistle it now, it's just going to get worse. 
And I got to be, and I told her, I was like, and I'll be honest, that was my daughter that that, that happened to. She came off the field crying. We had to like, it took a minute for me to like get her under, mm-hmm. get it under control. And cause it was violent and completely uncalled for. And I'm like, I'm, I'm doing the loud stage whisper on the sideline. Yes. This is a mm-hmm. fucking rec league. <laughs> <laughs> like at the coach. Yeah. Right. I don't know what's going on. I, I think this, this is supposed to be a rec league. Anyway. <laughs> So of course I get into it with the official. She starts to, she she calls it a little tighter in the second half, but not really. She's just letting stuff go. The team actually performs pretty admirably. I think it was like five three at the end, and it could have easily been like you know ten nil. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, a lot because we found the goalie right who wanted to play goalie uh-huh. and was good at it. So, but I uh, man, I'm mean, just getting agitated thinking about it. Like I was so <laughs> mad at these people, and like the girl who did it as she ran back toward the sideline at one point where I was standing. She happened to lock eyes with me and I just go, cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to know, is it inappropriate to tell an 11-year-old they're a piece of shit? <laughs> Maybe to use the term piece of shit. I didn't say piece of shit. I just but, said cheap. But, but yes. No, you're not. You're not. So the club soccer mentality, mm-hmm. and I know one of our listeners has, has is well-grounded in the in the world of club soccer in this area <laughs> well my younger daughter made the premier team out here and now i'm in yeah. it down too yeah so he probably has seen wild shit go on for years <laughs> yeah i'm not surprised by that story at all i mean no. even my limited engagement with recreational soccer seeing the uniform backpack teams come in to play our rec teams i don't know just just work on your passing try to create chances you don't have to take these bunch of kids who just are running around out here because they want to play some ball and slam their faces into the boards I mean, right you want to put a clinic on <laughs> by all means it. you can be barca do it do but you're it. not fucking john terry in 2001 on chelsea <laughs> putting your shoulder into somebody's sternum and blowing them up off their cleats and that is and that is that's about that's about parents and and i don't know what it takes to be successful at that high-end club league maybe that's what it takes but if you're going to play rec teams find a way to improve your skills and not just not just bully kids who don't have soccer skills at your level it just it's it's can you guess what their coach looked like uh yes (laughs) can you describe him to me or her him or her oh him or her if it's a him i'm thinking of a younger version of ed o'neill in little giants um no rich basically they're, like they're rich people who drive a range rover or a tesla and oh, I no they are I they it. are they are yeah they're they're winning they're just succeed at all costs my child will succeed at this at all costs because i want them to get a d1 scholarship that's who those at, people are. by playing the indoor rec league yes okay <laughs> No, he was one of these guys that like, he, he had like the, uh, uh, the, the, you know how Bob Bradley looks like he's sort of like, like an American version of a weathered European. Yes. That's what yeah. this guy looked like. <laughs> and I'm like, you're, I, I, I would bet dollars to donuts that this man is English. Yeah. And, and he's teaching these yeah. girls English football. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Dirty. That's the way to play. Right, that's, how we, that's how we play it back in jolly old. Yeah. Anyway, I, I kept it together and I coached the next week without incident. Perfect. And my daughter asked her, I was like, do you like having me as a coach? And she's like, yes, it's great. And she said it and she meant it. Like <laughs> she meant good. it in a, like in a way that I was like, wait, what? Because she said it was great. <laughs> she's like, no, you're a great coach. You really help. And I'm like, that's awesome. Well, so, there, there, you've, you've, that's the, that's the kind of youth coaching experience you want. Take that, you English cunt. <laughs> All right. Inflation. <laughs> I said the C word. <laughs> No, if, when you're talking about English things, you can say that word, right? And Richie, Ricky, Ricky Gervais taught me this. That's what you I can, thought. If, if, if you're English or referring to English things, you're fine to say that word. Okay. Anyhow, inflation. <laughs> we have it. It sucks. It's, it's, it's relatively painful. However, it hit home pretty hard when I saw the announcement of the Copper River Salmon is coming to Seattle. So for those of you who don't know, or for not from this area, there's this big deal about Copper River Salmon from Alaska. And they actually put it on a plane and they fly it in and they put a red carpet out. They take this big deal about it. Like this salmon is the greatest salmon in the history of swimming salmon. I don't know. 
so so it's a big parade but this year it comes along with a price tag so apparently where they're vending at pike place market fish at the very famous fish market Uh a full flown first class (laughs) copper river salmon if you want to buy the entire fish will cost you nine hundred dollars or if you'd like a fillet, it would cost you a hundred and thirty dollars a pound. <laughs> At some point, it'd be cheaper to go to Alaska and fish, <laughs> right? Or or eat fish and chips from the from the from the frozen section. From what you got? Lake fed tilapia. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> the joke I made. The joke I made online was: as long as the Costco hot dog is a buck fifty, we're good. I'm just gonna just buy that instead because. Sure. $130 a pound salmon. Yeah, yeah, it must be out your goddamn mind. It sounds like a, it sounds like a threat. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I, and I couldn't imagine. So I decided I would look up some of the most expensive food in the world okay. since I'm not paying for that salmon. And I thought to myself, hey, what else would, what else would I not buy? And I found that there, are, uh, there is some olive oil that you can buy. Uh-huh. For ninety dollars for five hundred milliliters, I'm going to need a Canadian to help me. How much is five hundred milliliters? <laughs> it's not very much, but it's presented in a hand sewn leather pouch. How? If why, you'd like what, to buy it, oil in a pouch in a jar in a pouch. Okay, at first I was like, <laughs> no, why is the oil in, in a, a pouch? In a jar in a jar in a pouch for ninety dollars for, and this is last year's, so it must be more. I'm Let's just expect everything to be at least 50% more. It looks like 500 mils, like eight ounces. Yeah. It's kind of a lot. For, all right. For 90 bucks, buying some $90, I don't you even just know. Gotta, you got to be careful. You gotta, I don't even you gotta know. Use a cur- you got to put you it gotta, in an atomizer. Yeah. <laughs> so it does, you can only spray a little bit at a time. I know that there are certain dishes where you like to like just add a little here, a little, a little dab here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not going to be cooking with it. You know what I'm saying? You're not spraying it on your pork chops? <laughs> Before you grill them yeah. on, over some, over some, you know, $2 a ton charcoal. Um, how about the, um, there's an oyster, uh, Coffin Bay King Oysters. Huh. They take six to seven years to grow. <laughs> okay. They weigh one kilo, again, international, international journalism. Two pounds or two pounds or so. So it's the size of a brick of cocaine. Right, hundred bucks, hundred bucks for one of those. Would you? Would you like a hundred dollar? Would you like a one? Would you like a hundred dollar oyster? I mean, <laughs> it's two pounds worth. I, I would mean, like to try the one, the, the hundred dollar oyster. Yeah, for I guess you have pounds, to, it's two pounds. I guess you have to cut it. But Does that include not, the shells? No, I no, I don't know. What is it called? Yes. <laughs> it's called the Coffin Bay King Oyster. Okay, so is it just is it? Okay, if it's a two pound oyster, no, I don't want anything to do with that. God. I I realize the most expensive food in the world all comes from the ocean because early in early in man's career, like getting things from the ocean was a big pain in the ass. For sure. Like early it's man early man ate was <laughs> early man ate was what was like walking around. If you had to swim for it, it automatically becomes something 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 else. Okay, so right. I look this up. <laughs> and the oyster is like the size of your palm. No, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I like oysters, and that makes me want to retch. <laughs> All right, goose barnacles. That's goose, a no. I don't even know. <laughs> it's just a no. I'm sorry. Goose barnacles are 125 dollars a pound. I don't even. I don't even want to. I don't. And who's eating barnacles? I don't know. Vanilla. Vanilla can be very expensive. That makes sense. If you did not know. Um, there are some vanilla that you have to pay up to $600 a pound for. Because pollination must be done by hand at the vanilla flowers each year. Now, the, the vanilla that I buy, <laughs> the vanilla that comes in the ice cream that I get, is obviously not $600 a pound. I don't know. In the broad spectrum, I watch enough cooking shows to know that in the broad spectrum of the world, there are like really amazing ingredients and really like basic staple type ingredients. I don't know what six hundred dollar a pound vanilla tastes like. My guess is it tastes like vanilla. <laughs> so maybe more intense. <laughs> Hand pollinated? Yeah. What happened uh, to Plan B? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Matsutake mushrooms can fetch up to a thousand dollars a pound if you like these Japanese mushrooms. I don't know. I don't know. 
it's a lot to pay for fungus, but apparently there's an annual harvest of less than a thousand tons. I've never in my life been like eating some mushrooms and, and, and been like, I wish I could eat the best version of this. <laughs> a Birko ham. Okay. S- Spanish ham. This stuff can pay as much for as $4,500 for a whole leg of jamon iberico. Yeah, I'm down with the jamon. Jamon. Soy Juan jamon. Jamon. Which, of course, I have to tell the story about going to get a sandwich with Ty one day. And on the on the on the on the uh, menu posted above the 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 counter, it said grilled cheese, and then with uh, with um, prosciutto. Prosciutto. And so Ty walks up to the counter and he says, "Yeah, I'd like a grilled cheese, but can you put some ham on it or something?" <laughs> and this guy, in the most derisive and sickened way, looked at Ty and said, "Prosciutto." is ham <laughs> so but but with prosciutto was written really small below yes. the grilled cheese and like in not your in defense. the place where it normally is and they normally had grilled cheese it was a thing i had gotten at this place before i wasn't like paying and i think that i might have been hung over it's possible but prosciutto is ham people that's embarrassing all right and here we go saffron saffron mm. costing up to five thousand dollars wholesale prices Saffron is the most expensive spice in the world. I would argue that maybe posh spice is the most expensive spice. The, the spice must flow. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, I, I've had saffron. We get sa- I don't, the saffron you get at the supermarket is obviously shit. It, <laughs> I don't even know. It, it classifies as saffron because mm-hmm. sometimes I like to make a little saffron orzo dish that's that it's nice for the summertime. But I ain't paying five thousand dollars for it. I don't know. I get the. I don't. This saffron that I buy must be like grown in, in, you know, in someone's basement. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Pepperidge Farm, where it's grown. I don't know where they grow this saffron because it costs me seven dollars for a can of it, like a jar of it. I, I just, you know, tweeted the other day about a splurging on commodities and like having it turn out to be worth it and how that's a terrible thing to happen. <laughs> You're like, oh no, I bought the best version of this thing I buy a lot of and it's much better than the normal one. Now, Dang I'm, it. <laughs> now I have to make this terrible choice every time I come now across I'm this into, Now I'm locked into the good shit. You get locked yeah. into the good shit. And, and Only as thank- long as you can though. Right. But thank I don't know God, if you've logged into your 401k lately, but it's a bad scene. It's 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 now a 382k. It's go. much less than 401 these days. Anyway, those are some expensive foods. I am dodging all of them. Thank God. The best expensive food I've ever eaten was in Tokyo. It was a piece of lean Kobe, like mm-hmm. not marbled. And I thought it was going to be. They, they served us the two, right? The mm-hmm. the more traditional marbled kind, and then the lean one. I just assumed that the fatty one would be the best because that's how I've always been told that that's how the beef works turns out the the lean one was insane and i wish i could only eat that forever (laughs) dining on company dollars is the best it was a team building (laughs) dinner still the same with me and one other guy (laughs) all right well speaking of um well i guess that's not a related transition at all uh, again, next, again, next, again. In the next segment, uh, we're going to talk more about how I intimidated children. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this shit is going down. I know there's something in the air. I think it's people are consensus the end of the school year. You know, kids are getting a little rowdy. We're like four weeks out, right? Five weeks out. And I can sense it in my children. I can sense it in other children. And at the bus stop this entire school year, there's been this unbreakable stick. It's some kind of a piece of a root but my younger daughter has been obsessed with every time we go there, this is the unbreakable stick and she wants to find it. And then they, they step on it. They, they've tried to break it. They cannot break it. Mm-hmm. And then one day she goes there and well, I should back up. <laughs> There's a new girl and the new girl showed up a little, just a little ways into the school year. And the new girl was um, from a private school previously. Mm. And the new girl is in the grade right between my older and younger daughter. The new girls seemed pretty quiet, but made friends with the neighbor girl who's across the street uh, because they both are in gymnastics together. And they both 
just a, a little attitude, you know, a little, a little sure. bossy, a little like, let me see if I can like get away with some stuff and, and maybe, you know, snicker and try to make other people feel bad. Do some, okay. Just doing some basic Mean Girl 101 shit. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In like fourth grade, right? Yeah. Anyway, one day we come and the, the new girl's like standing on the stick. And my younger daughter is like, can I have, you know, it's, it's, she's, it's, she's the only one that cares about the stick. They've all played with it, but my, do- my younger daughter puts it away every day. She comes back and f- finds it every morning. The girl's standing on the stick. She won't get off. And, you know, my younger daughter's getting pissed off. She's trying to pick it up. And she kind of just uses her shoulder to push the other girl's body backwards off the stick, right? Like, she's bent over trying to pick it up. Uh-huh. And so she just leans forward so that her shoulder kind of hits the other girl's thigh. And she sort of leverages her off the stick. It wasn't violent and it wasn't aggressive. She was only, it was only aggressive in the sense that she was kind of mad. Yeah. She wanted right? that stick. Yeah. She didn't like stand up and shove her in the chest or anything. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't youth soccer. <laughs> I mean, if it was me, I would have shoved the little girl into the bushes. She was being a piece. <laughs> but anyway, I didn't think much of it. And then like I think it was the next day or a couple days later, we get there and the the, the stick is like nowhere to be seen. The stick is gone. And every day now for weeks the stick is gone and one morning you know it's for some reason my younger daughter is very frustrated that she can't find the stick she's looking in the bushes she's like i've been looking i'm looking i'm looking and it becomes clear through body language that the two brats know where the stick is sure and they're choosing not to to help of course she's the little girl in the neighborhood they've got control of the stick they know your daughter likes the stick they're being mean yeah and so this has gone on for weeks this thing with the where's the stick and they won't tell her and then finally when it becomes aware like we become aware that that uh they know where the stick is they kind of start leaning on him nicely and then finally we go back there just the other day and we get there and she's looking for the stick again and i look at this little girl and i'm like do you know where it is and she just stares she never whenever it comes she doesn't say a word she doesn't Mm -hmm. move a muscle she just stares and i was like if you know can you just tell her because I mean, you watched her get emotional about it just a couple of weeks ago, and you did nothing. Like, can we just can we put an end to this? And she's just again staring at me. Mm-hmm. And finally, I I guess I said it sternly enough that they went over there and started looking like it's over there somewhere across the street. So they're looking for the stick. They don't find it. And she kind of comes back, and in, in the same way that I was like cheap to that other girl, <laughs> I look at this girl and I'm like, would you like it if somebody did this to you about something that you cared about? And she just like shook her head, and I was like, "Well, think about that next time." And that was it. That's all I said. I, was I nice? Absolutely not. <laughs> was I trying to intimidate her? Only in as much as uh, any parent would speak to a child in a way that I'm trying to get you to understand that this was inappropriate. You shouldn't have done it, and you're kind of a jerk yeah. for doing it. Yeah. Now let me ask you: Have you ever corrected another person's child? <laughs> this is. I had this conversation just the other day with someone, where. I grew up in a, in a world where my parents would take the word over a stranger over my own. <laughs> if I was fucking around in the neighbor's bushes and the bushes and I'm wrecking up their bushes a little bit, they would call my parents. Your son is over near our house wrecking our bushes with a football or whatever. And then I, I would come home and my dad would yell at me. He'd yell at me, stop effing around in their bushes. And if I get the neighbors called the cops on me once when I was, and they were mistaken (laughs) about what had happened. Right. And my mom let tracked me down and like screaming at me. I'm like, yeah, I didn't do any of that stuff. Right. Right. That was, that's the world I grew up in. So if I got a talking to from the neighbor or I got a talking to from the neighbor down the street that I didn't even know, or if I got a talking to from my, my friend's mom and dad, which happened quite a bit because you know, Uh you're screwing around and, they yell at their kid and then they yell at you. Yeah. Because that's how it worked. And did you go home and cry about it to your parents? No, because I you hid it from what them. happened. I, I hid it from them because I didn't want my parents to get mad at me. Right. So I the next this, morning, I know where this story is coming. The mother is waiting. Oh yes. I'm sure she is. Oh my God. And in the meantime, by the way, my older daughter has discovered that this girl says that she blamed it on her dad that her dad had thrown the stick they were out at a bike ride bike ride and her dad threw the stick away in the in the other bushes so that nobody could have it and i'm like that's a weird thing to say <laughs> it's a weird <laughs> like, lie yeah, it's, it's a, a weird, weird lie, lie. That, it's a weird here's lie the thing 
Not a lie. So let me tell you about what I discovered actually happened. So the mom comes and she's like, well, I, can I talk to you? And she says this insane voice. And I feel bad. Like, I can't. Mm-hmm. But, but she sounds, you know, she sounds like, can I, can I talk to you? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I guess. Course. Here we go. Yeah. And she's like, well, I heard that you were intimidating my daughter. And she said, she, she made me, she insisted that I, I walk her to the bus stop today because she was afraid to come here. And now I don't think you're an intimidating guy. But I mean, you're very, obviously very involved father. You're here every morning. And, uh, and, and, you know, I think what she was trying to do is that that stick, you know, your daughter pushed her and I think she was trying to get rid of the stick because, uh, she didn't want to have any more problems with the stick. And I'm like, yeah, well, my daughter pushed her because she was standing and wouldn't get off the stick. And I, you know, I mean, in retrospect, I wish I had pushed back a little bit, but I was just like, I just want this to, I want this conversation to end right. as fast as possible. I'm like, yes. yeah, whatever you say. And I'm like, sorry if she felt some kind of way about it. All I said to her was the golden rule which is that I didn't appreciate that she watched my daughter have an emotional reaction to a, a thing that I thought that she was doing intentionally. And in fact, I would argue that your daughter and this other neighborhood girl were bullying my daughter. And yes, I intervened. And, you know, again, sorry. She's like, well, you, take, she, was, she was cordial, but mm-hmm. had no interest no. in hearing anything. No, of course not. Her daughter was not responsible for anything that had happened. And never will be. No. And it does turn out that she was on a bike ride through the neighborhood with her father where she like must have stopped them, pulled over and been like, I hate this stick, explained why. And then her dad was like, yeah, well, let's just get rid of it. <laughs> like any participated in the because he didn't have any of the context. Right. I'm sure from his yeah. perspective, this girl's telling me, this little girl trying to fight me about this stick. Right. And this is the dumbest. You hear all the times I have to say this yeah. word stick. I'm talking about <laughs> a piece of fucking wood, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This this we this is the world we live in now though. It's Ugh. you can't talk to other people's kids. It's you just have to unfortunately you just have to tell your daughter, you know, leave the stick be. I know how you I like did. the stick yeah. and and it's just stupid. It's stupid. And there's just general lack of respect because people just come guns blazing all the time. They're can we just ease ourselves into this conversation? I mean I mean, I've told these stories about my son and the boy who insisted on being my son's friend, but my son didn't want to be friends with him. And the mother <laughs> called us yeah, and said, and I don't know what to tell you. You're, you're, you're starting this conversation at a much higher level of emotion than you should. I mean, you right. should come into it, you know, trying to understand the situation as opposed to judging me about this situation. And I feel that I like to come into these kind of situations, understanding that I don't understand anything that's happened between these two children. Right. And so let's have them explain to us what happened. Well, and then the mom was like, well, I was there when she pushed her. And I was like, yeah, me too. Do you not remember what led up to that? <laughs> and again, I wasn't going to escalate it because she just, it was clear that she was not there to hear, but here's some, ther- so here's some things that she said. So she told me the thing about the father participating as if it was a normal thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, she told me that perhaps her daughter was intimidated because she's usually the one that is available to do the parenting. That's how she put it. And so she's not used to interacting with men. Um, I, what else did she say? I'm missing it. Dang it. I had it. I knew I should have written it down. But there was some other some other insane thing. And then she ended up by, by telling me to take her phone number so that I could text her directly if she had a, if I had a problem with her daughter. And I'm like, nah, I think I'll just tell her to fuck off again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the neighborhood. Uh, whatever. If those kids aren't friends with my kids, I'm totally fine with it. Oh, I, I, I'm sure you're not trying to, <laughs> trying to broker a friendship here. No. That would be All right. insane. All right. Anyway, I'm getting along with everybody great lately. <laughs> Speaking of getting along with everybody great, this week, Dr. Taylor Swift of New York New York University. Yeah. She, yes. Taylor Swift has been awarded a, uh, a doctorate In for what? being... I don't know. Whatever honorary doctorates. It's an honorary doctorate in whatever. I don't need the arts. Okay. I, I mean, it's re- I, I feel like the body of work is a thesis. Is she be, yeah. Could she be a doctor of music? I don't know. For sure. I suppose I it depends on how much you believe about her writing her own songs. <laughs> I think she probably did. I mean, everyone gets help writing songs. Of course. But I, I have a lot of respect for Taylor. I think she's a hard worker. I think she's, she's, she's done a lot. I mean, I don't begrudge her her, her, uh, her, her doctorate. And, uh, 
<laughs> of course, let me reiterate the joke that I made is that the tickets to these the tickets to this particular speech cost the uh, the NYU students about three hundred grand each. <laughs> so, the most expensive ticket in town. However, she gave it. I thought she gave a pretty good speech, and I, I thought I'd break a few that parts down for us, just Please. in case you haven't had an opportunity. She did look fetching in her in her in her regalia. I thought okay. she uh, and uh, and and I think overall she's a good speaker. She's she, you know she's funny and she's got she a, lot a lot of experience. experience with public speaking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In fact, of course, she had to make the standard rock star jokes. Like the last time I I perform, uh, last time I stood in front of a stadium full of people like this, I was wearing you know tight clothes and dancing shoes and la la la. Of course, she had to also say things like "Welcome to New York. It's been waiting for you." <laughs> Yeah, of course. And Rough. the, uh, yes. And the, uh, and my, why and are you required to sing pop music in your underwear? How else are you supposed to do it? <laughs> I don't know. I just don't. It's like Madonna did it once and now that's just everyone has to do well, it. I mean, it, cause it works. But why the sexism? <laughs> How come only the women in the bathing suits? Cause BTS, know. why shouldn't they be like shirtless? Like, you what, what, what if they BTS were like I don't, but I'm sure that there are lots of people that do. I would like to say on the record that my, 54 year old sister is the biggest bts stan <laughs> she did both nights at las vegas she did two nights in a row two my sister she wild was it the same set uh, uh, yeah it's the same show oh my god yeah anyway pretty funny anyway here's another qu- direct quote i'm 90 percent sure the main reason i'm here today is because i have a song called 22 and let me just say i'm elated to be here with you today as we celebrate the graduate new york university's class of 2022 Okay. This okay. Is, are you supposed to? Is this supposed to make me like her? No. It, I hate everything everyone, you've said so far. Every, everyone, everyone has, everyone has to do this. This is yeah. every everybody who's ever spoken. Did do you? Did you go to your grad? I didn't even go to my graduation. I didn't even walk. There were circumstances. I will. I did. I, will I don't actually have any recollection of like anything that happened on stage. I just wanted no. it to be over so we could start drinking. <laughs> yeah. I did, so I didn't. I don't know who my speaker was. It probably nobody. Probably nobody good. No idea. I remember standing in the pouring rain at my brother's West Point graduation, only to discover that Dan Quayle was the speaker. Nice. (laughs) Wow. In just an absolute sheet of rain. (laughs) Funny. Anyway, that was. uh, But anyway, here's the. uh, uh, Let me get back here to Taylor. She says, I never got to have the normal college experience per se. Which saying she had some sort of college experience, which she didn't. She says, I went to public high school until 10th grade and finished my education doing homeschool work on the floors of airport terminals. So to borrow from Ricky Gervais, she attended school less than Greta Thunberg. (laughs) (laughs) Could she even read? She has a diploma. She's like the Andre Agassi diploma. She made it to 16 before she was famous. So, I mean, like, she at least got some education. (laughs) She got real world. I understand. Street smart. She's been living an entertainment life for half of her life now. Yeah. So. Yeah, she's been famous for half her literal life. Yeah. Yeah. But they just bagged it. I just love how her her folks said, you know what, hon? Let's just bag it and let's, let's hit the road and we'll play your songs and shopping malls and radio station you know, festivals and all that kind of stuff. And well, I guess it worked out for her. I, I can't imagine. <laughs> it doesn't work out for everyone that way, but I think that's a, that, that goes to the argument that maybe she does deserve this doctorate because there's a lot, it's a lot of hard work and sleeping in motels and riding in shitty vans for a long time before the private jet showed up. Here's where I think that she, um, Here's where I think that where she hits hits it on the head. She says, "I'm a big advocate for not hiding your enthusiasm for things," which I think is sort of the essence of the Taylor Swift experience. I think she it's it's fun to get excited about stuff, and I think that throughout her career, like you see her get excited about other people performing. She sings other people's songs. She knows the yep. words to other people's songs. You know, indirect. You know, indirect opposition to someone like eddie van halen who never listened to anyone else's music (laughs) he was just he was just interested in the sounds he could make not not what other people were doing so so thank you taylor swift dr swift as i'll be referring her to her now and i think that 
saying that she's a big advocate for not hiding your enthusiasm for things. I think that's good. I think we're the same way. I think we're, I think when we get excited about things, we're, we're not afraid to sort of jump into it. I think the nice thing about the podcasting community that we're involved with, I think they're all the same way. They're unapologetic about Star Wars or music or movies or whatever they're into. They're into it. There's nothing cool about being too cool to be like, there's nothing cool about pretending you're too cool to get excited about something. Disaffected like detachment is just annoying for everybody else around you. (laughs) Nobody's like, oh my God, that guy's so cool. He doesn't give a shit about anything. (laughs) He's above it. Oh, nihilism. That's so rad. (laughs) I'm fighting back the nihilism every day mm, with some amount of enthusiasm for something because otherwise... The nihilism threatens to consume me. <laughs> right. It's, it creeps up on us every day. Yeah. So you might as well get excited about whatever it is. In my sister's case, BTS, which is really honestly a little weird. <laughs> Let's be clear. <laughs> I, whatever. You want Putting my sister on blast. <laughs> let your South Korean freak flag fly. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, you know what? Normally, we'd have one more segment, but we're at an hour, so we're going to call it. I'm going to save it for another time. There's, it's evergreen. We don't need to get to it tonight, and so let's get to the dad jokes. Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! <laughs> You're hosting. Dad jokes of the week! <laughs> I know I grabbed that transition because I just looked up and I was like, oh, time to wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's totally fine with me. All right, ready? Um, I asked my wife if I'm the only one she's ever been with. She said yes. All the others were nines and tens. <laughs> what kind of doctor is Dr. Pepper? A physician. <laughs> I actually like yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Pibb, not a physician. <laughs> <laughs> Just a guy. Just a- <laughs> I can't come up with got, got, got something else. Physis- physicist? No. He's a he's, he's also he's, a doctor. That's also a doctor. Right, Papa. right, right. What else? He's a physical therapist. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mr. Pibb. He's a, yeah, Mr. Pibb, the physical therapist. All right. What is the scariest tree? Bamboo. <laughs> Bamboo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was reading a great book about an immortal cat the other day. It was impossible to put down. <laughs> what? The cat, not yeah, the book. The immortal cat. Immortal cat was impossible. What's that? What's the act? What's the other? That's the anti gravity book. That's there's another it's joke. That's the, down, yeah, yeah, it's the end. It's the anti gravity book joke. I visited my new friend in his new house. He told me to make myself at home, so I threw him out. I hate guests. <laughs> and finally, I started a nightclub for men with erectile dysfunction. Oh God. <laughs> What? Dear God, why would you do that? It was a total flop, and nobody came. <laughs> I think you're actually laughing. It's a terrible joke. I feel he bad for it. all these dudes. I, I guess they need some place to go, but it's kind of sad. What would you call the, the nightclub? <laughs> the Lazy P? <pee? laughs> the Lazy P. Danglers. Mm. All right. Here's the one I was working on. Flop shop. <laughs> Flop shop. <laughs> I need one of those things to stick into the wall to hang this plan for our ambush. You mean attack? Yeah, exactly, but by surprise. Okay. <laughs> I didn't hate it. Thank I you. feel have we not have we not heard that before? No, there's a, the other joke is I need to hire, a, oh, a, yes. I need to hire, I need to hire a large singing group. You right. Mean, you mean a choir. Right. Yes. I need to acquire a large singing group. That's I want to hear the ambush joke again. Tell me it to me one All more right. time. I need one of those things to stick into the wall to hang the plans for our ambush. You mean attack? Exactly. But by surprise. Got it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I haven't thought about attack as a thing you hang, hang things up with in a long time. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. Anyway, that's the my dad joke of the week. All right. Well, that's it. So let's go to... Overtime! All right. Well, we're overtime already. So here's what I'm going to tell you. When the cops come to your neighborhood and you want to know what's going on, they're like, fuck off. <laughs> it's great. It's happened more than once. 
Okay. A few years ago, they came running by with actually like armed to bear. Oh, I remember like, the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I remember they wouldn't tell me anything, and they were like wow. smiling and waving when they left. And yeah. I'm like, you're just gonna move on. <laughs> you're just gonna let this go. I'm like, do I need to like hide? But this most recent time, they were like in the middle of an active pursuit. Some people had uh, home invaded down the street. Whoa! And stole the neighbor's car, and like. I, it was actually while I had contractors out here doing the electrical work. So they were like dig- a bunch of people outside. These people drove up our street trying to get away and it's a dead end. So apparently they got out and like started hoofing it. And the cops showed up and they're like, do you see where the people got out of the car? Do you see where they went? Like, they're like, is this your car? And I'm like, no, I don't know anything. And then the, he's asking the, the, the workers. I was like, I wasn't paying attention. It's just, I assume there are people from the neighborhood. I'm not. Mm. You know, and yeah. they didn't look suspicious. They weren't being like crazy or anything. It wasn't. Weird to be like, vi- like a, a go do sort of a, a, a daytime home invasion and then just kind of <laughs> saunter off. <laughs> like, I guess you're yeah. not like so desperate that you're willing to take hostages, but that's a good thing because could have got weird outside. Absolutely. But they're like asking me a bunch of questions and I'm like, why? What's going on? And he basically like, and like turned around, <laughs> and, like, walked away. And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, if you're going to ask me questions, don't I get to ask you questions? Right. And I'm like, shouldn't you want to? tell me because you're asking for my help and you know i um, never bothered to tell them that i have a camera on the front of my house because they can fuck off <laughs> well, i'm not helping you, why would why not you gonna help the police i'm not helping the police damn the man <laughs> fuck that guy F the, po- F the police <laughs> yes a cab motherfucker <laughs> now, now i shouldn't laugh so wildly i laugh because you make the joke but Again, you should just get involved with local politics, and then you can just make friends with the chief police, and you know you could just text him, say, "Hey, dude, I'd much up? rather be able to say to the cop, <laughs> you shouldn't have treated me like this.' <laughs> it's your badge number. <laughs> What's your badge number? That's what I'm saying. Like, get involved in local politics just to lord it over them. <laughs> I don't have any power. <laughs> I don't care who you are. You don't have that kind of power. Do you want to see what it's like? You'll see. I can just make your life a living hell. Anyway, I don't understand why the cops wouldn't just tell me what's going on. You want my help? You'd be nice. Some dude stole a car, and now they're running through your neighborhood. Did you yeah. see them? No? Okay. But I might have a recording of them if you'd asked nicely. <laughs> Do you have a camera or any other recording devices monitoring the street? Yeah, you can just go to Amazon and ask for it, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, they'll just get it for you. Yeah. Go, get your, go get a warrant. <laughs> <laughs> I could check, but I'm not gonna. You see this long hair? I don't help cops. Nah, that's right. You <laughs> hooligan. <laughs> that's our show. Our thanks to all of you for sticking with us at the two on three pod where we endlessly pursue life's ideal recipe. Uh, the numbers are creeping back up, Chris. The audience, they're nice. coming back. They love us. They can't stay away from us. The Twitter followers somehow going down. <laughs> <Like> not tweeting. <laughs> they, don't, they don't want to hear our bullshit on Twitter, but they like our <laughs> bullshit, like the audio version. Yeah, exactly. Subscribe, review, tell your friends and your enemies and your aunts and your uncles and your grandpa and your grammys and meet us here next time sometime in the near future for perhaps more of the same or maybe something new. But until then, peace.